Listeners, right now, we are only about an hour away from it being 420, the weed holiday. And what better way to celebrate than with a bong? Particularly, Bong Joon-ho, South Korean film director, and Super Yaki... Patron saint. Patron saint. That's right. We're talking about Super Yaki, and they have a brand new Bong Joon-ho uh, collection coming up very soon. Not tied to 420, just tied to great stuff. No, it's, it's coming actually on- uh, pretty cool. It's a, it's a, actually a collaboration with Karen Han, yet again. And she actually designed a really cool Bong Joon-ho uh, t-shirt that I wear weekly. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, she actually has a new book out. It's called uh, Bong Joon-ho Dissident Cinema. So this is actually a collaboration that uh, they're doing with uh, Super Yaki. And uh, it's going to be really damn cool. I am on their website right now and I'm just seeing pins for the first time that I've never seen before. And now that I desperately want. Uh, there are tickets to see Batman with like the Batman logo that are Ooh. pins. Um, you've These got- I need. A uh, You Are Who You Choose to Be Iron Giant pin. Oh. Beautiful Rocketeer pin. Um, so one robot man who will make you cry, one robot man who will make you cheer against Nazis. Um, but yeah, superyaki.com. They are the greatest place for all of your pop culture uh, t-shirt, socks, pins, pretty much everything. Most of my wardrobe is Super Yaki. Yep. They, if, uh, uh, if you can wear it, they have it. And they always source sustainably. They uh, they do a great job finding good, high quality merchandise. It's honestly some of the best stuff I own. It's none of this T public bullshit where they're just you know printing off these yeah. horrible fibers that'll fall apart in your washing machine after one wash. Yep. Super Yaki, they they have great quality. And Matt, how can folks get themselves some Super Yaki with uh, a little bit of a discount on our uh, end? A little bit of something, something. Uh, you can go over to superyaki.com, and when you place your order, use the discount code SUPERMONSTER to take 10% off your order. Super Yaki, let's watch more movies. I just think they're neat. Welcome back to Monsters Never Die, Talk Film Society's spooky podcast, where Jacob and I discuss classic monsters, a human or otherwise, as well as their sequels, or remakes, and ripoffs. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Kirion, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and with me, as always, is... Jacob DeNoble, your co-host. And you're not singing the <laughs> intro. Now I feel like I'm out on an island in well, the see- middle of nowhere. <laughs> And there's a guy with an axe, because we're talking horror musicals. (laughs) Yes, we are. And Matt, sorry, I didn't mean to leave you hanging. I just figured usually you do the straight intro and I do a bit. So (laughs) since you did a bit, I thought I would do the straight one. It's Um, opposite day. Yeah. (laughs) That Um, was off the cuff. That was fun. That was good. That was great. We didn't even count down to it. You no, I kind of, I kind of made it into a sing song. That was you just fun. That leapt was good into times. it, my friend. It was, it's like jazz, uh, that jazz that makes you laugh. Sure. 
I love the laugh jazz, but um, <laughs> we're not talking about laugh jazz today. We're talking nope. about scream jazz because yeah. we're talking about horror musicals. I mean, some people like uh, musicals. Some people like horror. I personally like a little blood in my musicals. Uh, <laughs> I like a little musical in my blood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and we're going to get it all today. Uh, we're uh, running the gamut of some very popular and uh, a couple uh, lesser known uh, horror musicals. Uh, I've noticed over the years it's a very hard genre to pull off. <laughs> yep, that is definitely true. Uh, because, fun fact, most horror fans don't like musicals. <laughs> Well, that sucks for them. Yeah. It sucks to uh, suck. I actually have a, a story about one of these movies, uh, about horror fans who don't like musicals, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Matt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out in here and be bold. Um, I normally am a live and let live kind of movie fan. Yeah. If you don't like musicals, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's like the pure art form. It's, it's, it's so good. Yeah. And, it, and when, and when they work, oh man. Like, some of the ones we're talking about tonight, when they hit, oof, we got I, it good. I did the Talk Film Society podcast um, talking about my 25 favorite movies of all time. I know you did, too. Yes. And we realized, like, halfway through that at least half of mine, in some form or another, are could technically be considered musicals. Musicals, yes. Um, you know, Break Into Electric Boogaloo is certainly a musical. That's what I've heard. I haven't seen it, but that's what I've heard. Oh man, Matt. We can't I mean, get with that a, with on a, here, but with a title like that, I I need to see it. It's better than the title. Uh, I think that's hard to believe because that is one of the greatest titles of all time, <laughs> and it's one of the greatest movies of all time. God damn, I gotta watch it. But we're not here to talk about breaking to Electric Boogaloo. We're here to talk about breaking bones and shaving songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Matt, what what are we covering tonight? Um, well, uh, do you want to just hop right in? Let's just hop right in. Our, Let's uh, hop right in with Richard O'Brien's cult classic, Michael The Rocky Horror Picture Show. The day the earth stood still, but he told us where we stand. And Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear. Claude Rains was the invisible man. Uh, Matt, fun fact, this is the first movie I ever remember seeing. Wow, that is awesome. This Which is, explains actually, a lot about me. <laughs> this is also one of the first movies I do remember seeing. Uh, this movie, the first time I saw it was on a uh, VHS that was taped off of, I believe, maybe HBO or something. Uh, the tape had belonged to my uncle. And when he passed away, my dad went through his tape collection and said, Hey, Matt, you might like this. So me and my dad watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was, I don't know, six, maybe seven years old, (laughs) maybe younger, Uh, because I know my uncle passed away when I was like five Mm -hmm. and blew me away. I fell in love with this immediately. It was so much fun. Uh, It's it's a movie that it, it. obviously would mean a lot to a lot of people and for me i have that special connection of you know sitting there watching this this not great vhs copy uh (laughs) with my dad and uh he was humming the songs he knew the songs uh this is one of those soundtracks where like whenever they would put out a new edition he would buy it 
Like, my dad loved Rocky Horror uh, more than most people I've met. My mom uh, loved Rocky Horror. It's it's a parent thing, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess. Um, I yeah, I remember this came on broadcast TV one night. Wow! And, like my mom made it a like a point to watch it, and I just Let's remember watch it. Yeah, laying in her bed. I I couldn't have been more than three or four. Wow, that's um, awesome. Yes, I mean, you know, it didn't make any goddamn sense to me. No, I, of course not. I didn't pick up on literally anything that was happening. No, of course but not. I just remember the, I remember the moment of the lips. I remember yep. there was like images that I remember that when yep. I went back and watched it in high school, I was like, my God, I do remember watching this. Yeah, this it's, it's one of really those movies cemented. that like it imprints on you and either you jive with it or you don't. Uh, I, luckily I did. And, uh, I gotta ask, have you ever seen this in a theater, like with a shadow cast? I have before. I'm going to make a bold statement. I don't like the shadow cast. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Great. I don't like it either. Uh, we saw, we saw them do this at, uh, Pride last year. And, mm -hmm. uh, Here, no, here's, I'd rather just watch the movie. Uh, and sometimes I have actually watched the movie with the audience track, yeah. which is fun because the things that people yell out are fun. Uh, I remember seeing this on Broadway uh, mm. about 20 years ago. It played at, uh, what is that theater called? Uh, is it Circle in the Square, I think? Yes. Sure. I, I believe it's that. It's it's like a uh, everyone is, sur the audience surrounds the stage. And uh, that was fun because we all got to, you know, everyone was shouting out funny lines and stuff. Uh, stuff that like just sticks in my head to this day. And the cast was great. Uh, that's actually when I met Dick Cavett, which was, oh, which wow. was a lot of fun because he was the narrator uh, for for the oh, show. Oh, that's good casting. Oh, perfect casting. I mean, yeah. I mean, when he went on vacation, they did stunt casting yeah. where they got like different celebrities to be the uh, the narrator. Like I remember, I think Gilbert Gottfried did it for like a week. They did it for a week each. So you had like Gilbert Gottfried, Jerry Springer, Sally Jesse Raphael. Um, there was a few more. I forget who who else did it, but Dick Cavett was terrific. You can actually hear him on the Broadway cast recording. Oh uh, wow! He, he has that dry, that dry voice, that wit, and uh, still one of the funniest people I've ever met. I I met him after the show at the stage door, and I said, uh, "All I said was, you make me laugh." And, and, <laughs> and, I, and his response was, "Well, that's the hope." <laughs> You know, I, this is so off topic, but folks, there are so much Dick Cavett show, so many great Dick Cavett show interviews on Tubi, and they're and organized YouTube. by category. And on YouTube. Um, because Shout Factory did those, like, collections. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. There's movie directors, there's musicians. Um, really do yourself a favor and just yeah. chug along through those. They are you, great you interviews. Total side note, but you want to have a really good time, watch any time he had Orson Welles on. Definitely. Uh, phenomenal. I mean, Dick Cavett really is another really big side note. Maybe the best interviewer of all time. Yeah, a kind of content I don't feel like you get on TV anymore. No, you don't. Very rarely. Very, very rarely. Uh, but yeah, it's Rocky Horror. I mean, what else can you say? It's it's lovely. I love this cast. I love the look of it. Uh, the, the songs rock. It's just really, really good yep. stuff. I, I watch. I, I, I want to be October. very October, clear I watch it for spooky season. That 
you have so many movie traditions. <laughs> I do, and it's it, it makes it fun, Jacob. Um, I, I want to be extremely clear here, because something I've heard from people in the past is that this is a so-bad-it's-good movie. Nope. And that is so fucking bullshit. It's this movie... A- actually, Jacob, it's so good, it's great. Yeah, this is just a good movie, and that's why yeah. I can't really stand the Shadowcast stuff, because... This yeah. is a genuinely funny movie. I want to watch the movie. I It's like yelling jokes over Airplane about how stupid Airplane is when the jokes are already there. And I think one of the yeah. problems that, I don't know, idiots have with this movie <laughs> is that it is a parody of very specific genres of movies that it has outstripped the popularity of. So Rocky Horror Picture Show is way more famous than the things that it's parodying. And because of that, people don't yes. recognize it as parody and just think it's mm-hmm. weird or outrageous or whatever when yeah. they're... This is stupid. Largely just straightforward jokes. Yeah, but there's a lot of gags. <laughs> um, so, I mean, just to run through a few of the things that always stick out to me, um, when they are first creating Rocky in uh, that container, that is the yes. exact set piece and costume design that Christopher Lee is in Horror of Frankenstein. They they yeah, literally yeah. just took those set pieces and moved them on. And like that is a movie that when this came out was about twenty years old. Like yeah. it, that is something that would be fresh in audiences' mind, especially since this, yep. you know, began as a British product. Mm-hmm. Um, it mirrors the old Dark House, and Matt, one day, God, I want to do an old Dark House move episode with you. Can we? Yeah, just, the you know, that is, James Whale's old Dark House is about, you know, people who get caught in a storm and yeah. wind up in a house full of weirdos. Great Because it's James Whale, there's a lot of stuff with, like, weird sexuality, and, yep. like... There's also a lot of Island of Lost Souls in this with um, Great movie. You know, Dr. <laughs> Moreau trying to create these creatures and an implied sexual relationship between creator and creation. Um, yeah, I just it bothers me when folks don't recognize that the opening song, Science Fiction Double Feature, is literally name checking letting- everything. It's not only name checking, but it is essentially setting up that this movie is going to be structured like a double feature. So yep. you transform from old dark house movie in the first half to science fiction movie in the second mm-hmm. half as if you had gone to a drive-in and seen a double feature. Exactly. It's all intentional. It's all built yep. into it. They let you know five minutes in. Yeah. Um. I um, uh, it's good. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's I. I actually i I like the alternate cut of this. Yeah, with the uh, additional song. I like the. I love the additional song because. It or really are you does talking about the black and white? Both. Mm. Uh, I really like the black and white because it. Uh, it's everything up until uh, they get to the house, right? Yeah, it's everything up until the time warp. Yes, so it's basically it's like a little bit of Wizard of Oz thrown at you. Uh, mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, no, that's that extra song, Superheroes, is it's a banger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much much like the rest of the songs here, uh, but it also helps the the finale like flow better when yeah. you have that song. Agreed. It's, it's, it's insane that they cut that for the U.S. release. Uh, 
dumb idea, yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't tell you the last time I, I watched the version without nope. superheroes. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm guessing the last time I watched that was when this was on VHS, because yeah. it's been included on the DVD and the Blu-ray ever since. <laughs> um, God, I gotta upgrade my DVD. Uh, the Blu-ray looks beautiful, by the way. I mean, we're never gonna get a 4K, because Disney doesn't give a shit, but it would be nice if we did. I hear Bob Iger is realizing that they made a mistake, and he he might be doubling down on physical media. Good. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that quote where he's like, wait, you mean the thing that made us money for years and years? We should be doing that again? Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe you should. Um, but yeah, no, this movie, I mean, again, the, the like you said, the cast is so good, and I, I just can't imagine there are people out there who think that Tim Curry and Barry Bostwick and Susan Sarandon are not in all, on the joke. Yeah, like they're all great actors. Like, what do you think yeah. they're doing here? <laughs> and, and Tim Curry's fantastic in this. I mean, this it's, is the this is. It's not my favorite Tim Curry role, but Congo. No clue. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's probably Clue. Clue but, is my favorite, but this is right behind, right behind I, that. I mean, he is tremendous in this. I mean, I. There's that meme about how you can tell everything you need to know about a person based on what they know Tim Curry from. Yes. I think when Tim Curry passes, number one on the call sheet is Rocky Harpin. Rocky Harpin. Like, this is the thing he will be known for. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be worst witch. Uh, it's it's not gonna (laughs) be. It will be in my heart. (laughs) It's not gonna be Congo, even though he's really good in that. Uh, it's going to be the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, one of the greatest film musicals of all time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I can't, you know, get down on my knees with this movie enough. <laughs> this is, a, <laughs> this is, this is a great, great film, and it's one of those great films that's not it. It's not homework. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's fun. This is and- just a fun movie. And it's got what? Meatloaf. It's awesome. Oh, Meatloaf and we're going to so talk about him again too. later. <laughs> what, one of the things I love about this is like, it's essentially just like a literalization of all the sexual undertones that were there in like Whale's work. Like, what is Rocky Horror if not just the logical endpoint of Dr. Pretorius from Bride of Frankenstein? Yes. The Mad <laughs> Queen. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. That's just so cool and so fun. And like you said, the music is so good. It is. It rocks. It actually rocks. Um, and shockingly, extremely successful. I mean, you know, it, it's known as a cult hit, but like, Matt, do you know where this lands on the adjusted box office list? It's probably one of the most successful films of all time. It is number 85 on the uh, adjusted box office list of all time. That's above, pretty good. Comes in above Fellowship of the Ring, Rise of I mean, Skywalker, Twister, I mean, they Men make, in Black. I mean, Hollywood makes... Hundreds of movies a year. Yeah. Um, and this is one of them. <laughs> it's above all the Harry... Not all. It's above most of the Harry Potters. Yeah, so, this movie, it's it's uh, it's it started small. It got success with midnight showings. Uh, yeah. This, it's a little this movie is, that could. And it did. <laughs> you know what didn't? <laughs> Oof. The little uh, movie that couldn't. <laughs> the little movie that couldn't. 1981's Shock Treatment. I'm not a local with no to suit you myself 
I've been a cynic for too many years. Playing doctor and nurse, it can be good for your health. I've seen clinics with those gimmicks in Tangiers. But if you open your heart to a smooth operator, he'll take you for all that you've got. He'll hand you a curse that'll be with you later. It'll shake you the way he takes off, like a shot. You need to be the shot treatment. Get you jumping like a real life wire. Need a bit of shot treatment. So look out, Mister, don't you blow your last resistor for a fister that'll mystify ya. You're blinded by romance. You're blinded by science. Your condition is critically grave. quote unquote sequel. To well, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I, I hate that they have like turned this into the thing that they always say, but they don't call it a sequel. They call it an equal. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's... Not- because guess what? This is no equal to Rocky Horror. Yeah, I I like it. It's interesting, but it's, it's definitely... So the, the story behind this one is Brad and Janet go on a game show and hijinks ensue. <laughs> they, they, it's essentially a world where everything is TV shows. Yeah, so it's that's... basically 2023. Yeah, <laughs> everything is TV now. Yeah, um, the songs don't match up. <laughs> They're not as good. I mean, there's a couple times I was you know nodding my head like along to the beat, but uh, this song, this movie does not compare at all. I mean, I, if I'm being honest, I didn't really like this. This I... is kind of. It was kind of boring. I, I mean, yeah. Jessica Harper, innocent. Uh, oh, she Jessica she took Harper. over. She took over the the Janet role, uh, which that's fine. Uh, Jessica Harper's great. I don't think I've ever disliked her in anything. Um, Charles Gray, who played uh, the narrator in the original, he comes back for a mm-hmm. different role in this. I always like seeing him pop up in things. Uh, but this movie, it didn't do it for me, Jacob. And I this has been on my watch list for years. And yeah. People warned me about it. I, and, the, I, but, and people prefer this to the original. I've heard people tell me, they're like, oh, it's better than Rocky Hard. And no, it ain't. <laughs> it's, I, I think the trouble is Rocky Horror hangs all of its weirdness, all of its jokes on that recognizable old dark house structure. Yes. Yep. So like every time it's out there, you're, you have something to at least hold on to a little bit that yeah. takes you through narratively because narrative is really where shock treatment kind of falls apart. It, it just meanders a lot and it shuffles its feet. So Matt, do you know why it's all in television? <laughs> Cause it was the eighties. No. So they were actually going to shoot this on location in an actual town called Denton in Texas. Oh my God. But then there was an actor strike that meant they couldn't okay. come to the U S so they were like, all right, well, if we have to shoot the whole thing in a studio, let's make everything TV, TV shows, which like, I Ugh. see why they would think that. And I see how it plays in with the themes, but it makes everything so abstracted that you just yeah can't get a sense I, of what the hell's going on. And I couldn't really latch on to anyone in this. Yeah. Like, um, in the first one, like, I... I I love Dr. Frankenfurter. I, I, I yeah. love Brad and Janet. I mean, it's got iconic characters. 
uh, and songs, and this does not. This I is... think the songs grow on you. Um, I they've grown on me having listened to them a lot. I think they're okay. really let down by the production of them. They're not good. Like, like the writing like, is good, but they sound very tinny and like thank the backup you. singers the are I, bad. That's the, it's, that's the word I was thinking of. Tinny. Yeah. It's. I think if you were to have somebody cover these songs or do a live performance of these songs, I think a lot good. of them would be bangers. Yeah, they'd probably be pretty good. I love the um the final face off between the like twin brothers as they rap, they sing <laughs> to each other. It's 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 pretty cool. You're a loser, an abomination in the eyes of any sensitive man. And you're a blind alley cruiser, always heading down a losing straight, dreaming that you're screaming at fate. You're a dead end, dead beat, nowhere mister, with a kiss like a Mississippi alligator sister. I took as much of you as any man can. You've lost your heart. You've lost your cause. You lost your baby when you lost your balls. You lost your mind. You've lost your grip, so say bye-bye. We lost our mom. We lost our dad. And if I'm losing you, well, that's too bad. Well, the best thing you could ever do is die. You're a failure. Um, but... Yeah, that's shock treatment. I it's a swing and a miss. Um, yeah, I love Rocky Horror. I wouldn't go into it expecting more Rocky Horror or anything as good, but I think it's worth a watch, maybe or maybe just listen to the soundtrack, and that'll work a little better for you. Can we talk about a good musical now? Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh boy, uh, we are talking Tim Burton's 2007 film. Sweeney Todd, the Hell yeah. barber of Fleet Street, which is, is what I referenced earlier when I said when horror fans don't like musicals, uh, because I remember seeing this opening night and a handful of people walked out five minutes in <laughs> That's because, so funny. because they had no idea it was a musical. It's such a famous musical. <laughs> they had no clue, Jacob, no clue at all. Uh, Long story short, this is one of my favorite musicals, Jacob. I love Sweeney Todd. I, uh, back when I was like really into theater back in high school, like I listened to that original cast recording so many times, mm -hmm. uh, the one with Angela Lansbury. And the movie holds up against the stage show. Yes, there's changes made, but. It works. It works yeah. so well. Uh, I said this in my little letterbox thing but the fact that this is under two hours it's it's a master class in adaptation yep. mm -hmm. uh you cut what doesn't work in in on uh on on film you you remix what you want and you just go for it and honestly tim burton is the perfect person to make a sweeney todd movie yeah uh he assembled a great cast he was able to use his usual cast yeah, uh, I, of 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 characters, and it works. Yeah, uh, Helena Bonham Carter is amazing. Yeah, like this is love it. Uh, who would you want other than Helena Bonham? Like I don't know. No, I've seen no people one. complain like, know. oh, he's just casting Helena Bonham Carter again. I'm like, yeah, but like, yeah, but that's she's the good. perfect choice for that role. But she's really good, and uh, I know he's persona non grata these days. But Johnny As Depp is be. 
is legitimately great as Sweeney Todd. I mean, <laughs> he is wonderful in the role. I love Yeah, it's him a good here. performance. Uh, I love him here. I, I love uh, Alan Rickman. Uh, Alan Rickman and Timothy Small, Spall make a great, uh, yeah. great duo as uh, Judge Turpin and the Beatle. Uh, I mean, I quote Timothy Spall all the time. Uh, from this movie when he says, uh, glad as always to oblige my friends and neighbors. Uh, I say that all the time. Uh, I hum what they hum, uh, when I'm like walking down the street. Like I'll, I'll be walking down the street going for a walk and I'll just start going bum, 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 bum. And it, it just, it puts a little skip in my step, Jacob. I love this. I love this musical. I love the movie version of it. Uh, it's really damn good, and it's really damn bloody. <laughs> I love... He went Tim for Burton it. has so much fun when he gets to play with an R rating, and so rarely right? gets the opportunity. Like, I, if I'm and wrong, he had- I, I think he's only done three R-rated movies, and one of them's Ed Wood, where you don't have it. And then the other two yeah. are this and Sleepy Hollow. And both of those, he's ah. just like... Yeah, yes. I could do Geysers of Blood now. That's yes. great. Sleepy Hollow, my favorite horror movie that's not called Alien. <laughs> um, I I also think Tim Burton was an interesting good choice for this because he has always been musical. And I don't know if people always realize that. Like, oh, yeah. all of his movies, I mean, A, you have the, Tim, the Danny Elfman scores, which are generally yes. so central to his work in a way that not other directors would allow them like Batman mm-hmm. is pretty much an opera that the yes. music takes precedence so strongly. And then yeah. his other, you know, first two movies have what I would call it's musical numbers. two of the most iconic musical numbers of the eight. Like you have Pee Wee's big adventure and the tequila song. I was just going to say, which tequila. is like the yes. moment. And then you have it's so good. Deo in Beetlejuice, which again, mm-hmm. if you're musical number pulling together the most iconic t- movie moments of the '80s, I think Beetlejuice's Deo is on there. It's yeah. up there, yes. Um, and yeah, it's fun to see him work in a full musical form. Um, I remembered this. I had not seen this since theaters, and I had remembered this being Tim Burton's like dark era. Like if I was like, oh yeah, Tim Burton, he was bad that you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory through Dark Shadows period, where every single movie had Depp and Bonham Carter. But I had forgotten that this I, was good. <laughs> yeah, no, this is. I, I think this, this is, is like a le- yeah. It's a legitimately good movie, and. Uh, it's one of the, you know, Tim Burton movies that was up for Oscars and deservedly so. Matt, uh, this was, uh, this actually won an Oscar for art direction. Well deserved. And, uh, damn right. Uh, this was up for three Oscars that year. It was up for the art direction, costume design, and lead actor. And honestly, I wouldn't have had a problem with Johnny Depp winning for this. I mean, he's really good. There's that, that, that scene where it's like, quick zooms and cutting through the streets and he's offering everyone a shave. It's just, it's the most delightful thing that one of the most delightful things jo- uh, Johnny Depp or Tim Burton has ever put on uh, screen. Like, it's just, it's One fun. of my favorite gags is just from the very beginning of the movie where you have, like, you know, the young boy who's so excited and he goes, there's no place like London! And then Depp just, like, slides yes. into frame in front of him and it's just like, <laughs> 
I have sailed the world, beheld its wonders From the Dardanelles to the mountains of Peru But there's no place like London No, there's no place like London Mr. Todd, you are young Life has been kind to you You will learn. He's just like, you're right. There's no place like London. It's so funny. It's so <laughs> it's funny. It's so to funny. Me. funny. Funny, funny, funny stuff. Uh, Matt, do you know who almost directed this? Oh, no. Sam Mendes. <laughs> I was just going to say it was Mendes, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, I, hard, I can't hard imagine pass. what that would have been. That would have been a hard pass from me. Uh, as much as I love Sondheim, uh, and this is this is I love Sondheim, and this isn't even my favorite Sondheim musical. But Sam Mendes, no, I'm I'm good. But Sam Mendes is the one who got John Logan on because um, oh. they had worked together before. And Burton, when he came on, ended up using Logan's script yeah. and adaptation of it. So yeah, but, uh, but no, this movie's good. I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen, awesome. He's very good. He should work He's, with Burton again. He really should. Uh, he is great as Adolfo Pirelli. I. <laughs> I, one of the my king favorite. of the barber, the barber of kings. <laughs> <laughs> I remember of musical dorks. Um, one controversial move this movie made was cutting the opening the number, the ballad, cutting the chorus, time. and uh, that's and one of the things that I think would not work on screen. I, the Burton's quote about it makes me laugh. He goes. Why have a chorus singing about attending the tale of Sweeney Todd when you can just go ahead and attend it? <laughs> Yes, it's I, very funny to me. Why sing about attending the tale of Sweeney Todd when you are attending the tale of Sweeney Todd? Also, you might know. I tried to look this up. I did not see it in the book for the stage musical. Is uh-huh. Ugander at my ward original to the movie? Because that's a very funny line. Ugander at my ward, Joanna. Ugander at her. I think it might be. That's when, y- y- Ugandered at my ward. <laughs> yeah, he just repeats it like three times Ugandered, in a row. You so gandered, boy. <laughs> Alan Rickman, amazing. Yeah. In this movie. Uh I miss him so much. He was He was one of the greats, man. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I also I love the moment where um they uh leave him, quote, to the mercy of your children. Ugh. And like that so is good. such an amicus tales from the crypt move. Uh-huh. Like you yeah. know, Tim Burton was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna feel exactly like the yep. 1972 amicus tales from the he's crypt like, with the guy in the asylum." In. Yep. Um, it's, it's I love a, this movie so much. It's it's honestly one of my favorites, Jacob. Yeah, uh, I love Sweeney Todd. I, I damn, and even like the finale and everything, just like ah, uh, and it also has like one of my the funniest visuals in. Uh, like you said before, when like uh, the camera just pans over to Johnny Depp, and he's like, "Yeah, this town sucks." Uh, the whole by the sea sequence where Helen oh, Carter God. is like head over heels, like she's like <laughs> tapping her feet and dancing, and she looks so happy, and 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 Todd is just like fucking miserable. <laughs> Their dynamic is so funny in this. It's great. I, it's she just great. wants to make a family unit so badly, and yeah, he is just and, not uh, interested. And like that whole worst pies in London. See a song. That whole sequence is great. Uh, God damn, Jacob! I want to watch this movie again. Yeah, I love this movie. It actually made me want to watch this again. You it's know, great. It's it's this, legitimately great. 
This is the second time on Monsters Never Die where Helena Bonham Carter has been burned alive. Yes! She burns <laughs> real good, Jacob. The the other, if you're looking for it, is in Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein. Yes. Yes. Uh, fan- I actually saw a YouTube video about that the other day. The uh, other director who cheated on his wife with her. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, uh, My husband and I were watching uh, a video series called Stuntmen React. Mm. And they were talking about the burning uh, stunt in that movie and how (laughs) insane it is. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, Check that out on YouTube if you can. It's... It's awesome. They go in depth on that thing for like ten minutes. It's I, awesome. I, I don't know if you know this, Jacob. List. I'm a sucker for a good uh, man on fire gag. It's so good. I mean, it's always so clear that it's a stunt man on fire, but yeah, it's, but it's great. It's, so it's fun. fun anyway. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, check that video out. They go into Kenneth Branagh's Frankenstein uh, with the uh, head on bottom Carter on fire. Spoilers, but yeah, she burns real good in that. <laughs> All right, where are we heading to next, Matt? Should we, uh, should we, should we meatloaf? Let's meatloaf. All right, we're gonna meatloaf with a little film called Stage Fright. Yeah, is shockingly pretty good. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a really fun. It is a. It's a slasher musical. It's a 2010s camp slasher musical starring meatloaf, which. I don't know about you. For me, the alarm bells are off. Like this is gonna be obnoxious. But it's actually genuinely, like, pretty good. It has a yeah. good, like, core story. The songs are fine, but, you know. I love, I I love that to- the, I love that the killer sings in, like, a, like, a, he has, his songs are, like, new metal. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> it that is good. This came out in 2014 and they're still doing new metal, but whatever, <laughs> that's fine. Give me some sack, but you know I just pull you right back, man. You've got to find you never learn. You push me past the point of no return. Come here. This movie is very much sold as what if Glee met Friday the 13th? Yeah, basically. it takes place at a musical theater camp who's haunted by a killer who hates musical theater, which, yes. again, that's a good premise. That's a good premise. My only issue with this movie, and I said this on uh, Twitter, I believe, I wish I didn't guess the killer, like, 15 minutes in. Oh, yeah, the mystery is so obvious. There's no, there's no mystery whatsoever, but the songs are good, yeah. and, and the kills are good. Uh, it's fun. This is a fun movie. It's a movie that, like, I wanted to see when it came out, and for whatever reason, I just, it passed me by, like, I missed that boat, and I'm so glad you recommended this for this episode, because I finally got to watch Stage Fright, and I had a lot of fun. I will warn you, or just say, so this is Meatloaf's only third time singing in film, after Rocky Horror Picture Show and Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. Yes. Because he wanted to keep his musical and his acting career separate. I don't know how they fucking got him for this, but his singing and they give him like Gilbert and Sullivan style songs and he talks about that being the appeal for him. But like, 
It doesn't really scratch it's, your meatloaf singing itch. It's very much like the the last album he did with Jim Steinman, where it's very showy. Like, it's very Gilbert Sullivan. Yeah. And honestly, I... It's not a good album. It's it's not a good album. It's it's no bad out of hell. It's it's no bad out of hell two back into hell. Uh, it's not even bad out of hell three. The monster is loose. Uh, it's it's not it's not that good. But it's not um, that good. But the movie ends with uh you know them putting on a play and it's uh, they're putting on their own opera and they like nicely acknowledge how like racist theater camps can be because it's like japanese inspired even though none of the kids are japanese and yeah it's very uh, it's very funny like they they're very clearly poking fun at that um i also like the killer he like there's a moment where he jams a knife into his guitar so he can do a sweet guitar solo while it's dope. killing it's yeah it's great it's really good yeah uh, no this like i said this has some really good kills <laughs> and it, it's got a cool uh killer uh, he has like a neat kabuki mask and yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, stage fright. It's a it's a solid. I would say it's a solid double. You know, yeah. they they didn't aim for the stands, but by God, they got on base. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I I'll I'll watch it again, Jacob. Now, Matt, do you know what movie did aim for the stands? Uh, is it the only one on the episode that I didn't get to watch? Oh, okay. I know. I know. All right. Well, nothing I, had... I can. I had the Blu-ray in my cart, and then the sale ended on the website I was at, so I didn't get it. It was on Tubi, man. You gotta I look know, at Tubi. But like, I want to own. I don't want to rent. I want to own. <laughs> they don't even have to pay. But and what the movie we're talking about is uh, Takashi Miike's Happiness of the Katakuris. Okay. And fill me in, because from what you've told me previously, this sounds wild. Okay, alright, let me try and explain this as quickly as I can. Good luck. A, a family opens up a, essentially like a hotel bed and breakfast, and under the impression that a highway is going to be coming through soon, and then they'll get all these people, but it's been delayed and delayed, and so they've, they're, you know, running out of money, nobody's ever come. Their first guest finally comes, and they're so excited, and he kills himself. And they're so worried that the news will get out that their only guest they ever had killed himself, that they hide his body and bury it in a lagoon. As one does. And then their next guest comes, the very next day, by coincidence, and it's a sumo wrestler and his girlfriend. And while they're having sex, the sumo wrestler has a heart attack and dies... And crushes the girl to death as well. <laughs> and so they decide to hide those bodies as well. And it's a, it's an escalating kind of comedy of errors of them hiding people's bodies, which makes this movie sound weird, but relatively normal. But it opens with a claymation little angel fetus in soup that sure. tr the movie transitions into stop motion and so into live action, just like left and right. So what you're saying is it's a Takashi Miike film. Yeah, so okay. I, it's a it's weirder than your average Takashi Miike okay. film. I've, I mean, I've only seen a handful the, of his movies. I've seen uh, Audition. I think I, I think everyone's seen Audition. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen actually. Wait, have I only seen two? I've seen Audition and Ace Attorney. Oh wow! Which is one of the best video game films I've ever seen, and I wish that would get a U.S. release. Yeah. Be uh, because it's freaking awesome, Jacob. 
But um, this movie, again, the the moments where it transitions into stop motion are fantastic and always, like, really surreal and weird. The opening cool. three minutes of this movie, I'm just going to walk you through. Please do. There's a little angel fetus in soup. The movie transitions to stop motion. And then we go into the mouth of the person who eats the angel fetus, who then rips out that person's uvula and floats away. And it flies after the uvula, but then the fetus is eaten by a crow, and then the crow lays an egg, the egg rolls out, and the snake eats the egg. A bird grabs the snake and feeds it to its baby, the egg falls out and hatches, and it's a new little angel guy, and then another crow bites him and then poops him onto one of our main characters, and that's when it transitions back into live action, and it's essentially being like, Here's, like, the bad luck passing from this Jesus. soup all the way into this guy's eye. Um, but the the music is fun. Um, there's a there's just a lot of nice, upbeat songs. There's some nice songs about hiding bodies. There's a good <laughs> love song. I love you. sounds wonderful i'm really upset i didn't watch it yeah it's great it's pretty much just the sound of music um i don't remember why i took that note but i took that note so at some point (laughs) i felt that this is pretty much just the sound of music fantastic Um, there's a very good gag near the end where a family is finally coming in to stay and they're like hey do you have any cord and they're all worried that they're gonna kill themselves Um, and then there's a nice song when the, the, you know, the bodies start dredging up, the family all sings about which one of them should take the blame when the cops show up, like, <laughs> which one of them has the last, has less to lose. And it's nice. It's just a, it's a good movie about family and it's, uh, it's just a nice little, you know, musical, weird, sometimes claymation, sometimes live action horror movie. And yes, there's zombies. I, fr- I didn't even mention the oh, zombies. Oh, even better. Yeah, the bodies come back to life. As of course they, they do. do. Do they sing? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh they fucking man, sing. this sounds great. It's it's great. Unlike. <laughs> Repo, the genetic opera. I, um, we know there's a lot of you out there who like this. Love it. We're not amazing. two of those people. Decidedly not for me, Jacob. Uh, it, I don't... The the Saw aesthetic does not work for a musical, at least in my opinion. I don't uh, even think it works on Saw. <laughs> uh, I like it with Saw, because Saw knows exactly what it is. Uh, this one... Uh, it, I don't know. I I liked uh, Anthony Stewart Head. I thought he was good. He's great. Uh, I liked Paul Sorvino. I thought he was fun. 
because, uh, you know, the big Italian guy, oh, I'll be in an opera, sure. And he kind of, like, latches on to the whole opera thing. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, what's this movie about, Jacob? It takes place in the future. There's, uh, uh it's, it's, there's, um... A corporation can take your organs back because... You didn't pay for them. Yeah, because surgery is, like, the new fashion. And yeah. there's some weird... It's... Wait, they you can tell that they got really excited about the world building. Yes. And then tried to write a movie around that and, and it didn't then work. Forgot that they needed like a story to hang that all off. They of. needed a story and good songs. Uh, and the opening credits are done like a comic book and it's like I was on board. Just a, it's a that. lore dump and I thought that was cool. Yeah, and then the rest of the movie just This was a chore to get through. Jacob. I describe the aesthetic as it can only be summed up as a Suicide Girls MySpace page. Yeah, oof. <laughs> yeah you're right. Uh, <laughs> this movie took me two nights to finish. It looks um, like it was shot on Vaseline. <laughs> yeah, this was like, yeah, that, oh yeah, new Kodak Vaseline. That They have that new film. <laughs> I just, it's, I hate uh, those garbage. smeary whites and just, it looks like a PlayStation 2 game sometimes. And Not even. I, I will say, I'd say uh, Dreamcast. As it ended... No, Dreamcast looked better than this. <laughs> I was thinking about the performances, and I was thinking about the characters that I liked, and I was like, okay, you know what? I actually, I like Anthony Stewart Head's character a lot. I think he has a compelling character. He's the mother of... I like him! The girl watch, from Spy Kids. I watch him and, in anything. I I always like him. He's, I mean, everyone knows him as Giles, but I mean, like... Yeah. He's great whenever he pops up and things. Oh, he pops up in Sweeney Todd. He's oh, in, yeah. He's in Sweeney Todd for a hot second. And, and he's on Ted Lasso now. <laughs> he's a fucking asshole on Ted Lasso. Oh, my God. I didn't think anything could ever make me hate him. But, oh, he's so good at being evil. <laughs> but, but anyhow, I like his character a lot because he is a repo man. He kills peoples and take their, takes their organs because he feels like he owes Paul Servino for some reason that he doesn't actually owe him. Yeah. And he doesn't want his daughter to know that he's It's all very murky, this. all very nebulous, and, uh, and but, none of it works. But I think that there is a core of an idea there. Like, that's a that's at least a, a an idea. Yeah. Alex Brightman from Phantom of the Opera is in this as, like, a blind, as a um, opera singer who has robot eyes, and then oh, she yeah. rips her eyeballs out. I think there's some nice stuff with her. The, um... Alexa Vega from Spy Kids is like your lead actress in this. Okay. I think she's fine. But I think what happens is that the Paul Servino has three or four obnoxious kids and it's Paris Hilton and Bill Mosley and then two other people. And I usually love Bill Mosley, but I did not he like him in this. He fucking sucks in He's this movie. Bad. He's maybe the worst part of the movie. But bad. Like, anytime bad those kids thing. are in the movie, it becomes so abrasive and unwatchable that I think, honestly, it tanks scenes on like either side. I think there might be a 45-minute movie here that I would like and watch. But I'll, go, I'll go 30 minutes. Yeah, there, there's two good songs here, which isn't a great like record for a sung-through musical. Yeah. But great. I, I I do like the um whatever goes in the little glass vial song. I think that's kind of catchy. Zydrate comes in a little glass vial. A little glass vial? A little glass vial. And the little glass vial goes into the gun like a battery. 
And the citrate gun goes somewhere against your anatomy. And when the gun goes off, it sparks and you're ready for surgery. Surgery. Yeah, the rest of it is just like aimless noodling around notes and bad it's, it's a new metal yeah i i saw this in college um the director went to the school i went to and he brought it with him and i sat through and just hated every second of it and so i went into this watch thinking all right i've grown a lot since then maybe i'll like it this time more i you know i, I tried to go in with an open mind and i i liked it more than i did then but i still don't like it and i don't like any of the choices that they made here it's not good. It really feels like one of those people who tells you they have a comic book idea, and then when they tell you about it, it's just all world building and no characters. Yep. Like and you just described the back of the book. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about a good musical? Yeah, to, we can. To end the show. Uh, speaking of movie traditions, Jacob, I watch this movie uh, every year on the 23rd day of the month of September. Uh, it oh, that's is, cute. I like that. It's fun. Uh, it is uh, Frank Oz's masterpiece from 1986, The Little Shop of Horrors. Starring Rick Moranis, Ellen Green, Vincent Gardenia. Uh, This movie is so good, Jacob. Uh, Everyone knows the story. I I genuinely think this might be one of the best movies ever made. Five Uh, star masterpiece. I would agree with you. I would totally agree with you. This is, it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of those movies where I, I didn't even watch it for the episode, Jacob, because it's a movie I have memorized. I know every word to this movie. Uh, don't watch this with me because I repeat every line Matt, as, as it goes. I'm very I, annoying to watch Little Shop with. I almost did that. And then I was like, nah, but I do want to watch it. And I did. And God damn, you should watch it, though. It's fun to watch. <laughs> it's a fun movie. Like in my head, I'm like, I know this whole movie front to back. Why should I watch it? And then I watch it. I was like, oh, God damn, I love this movie. It's this perfect thing. Also, I made a, I noticed something I had never noticed before, and many of you listeners may be like, duh, Jacob, everybody knows that, but I don't know, I told my wife and she didn't realize it, so I'm, I'm gonna tell you. The, um, the three, um, singers, the, um, who, you know, the, like, narration, the, the Greek chorus, if you yes. will, the doo-wop chorus, their names are Crystal, Renette, and Chiffon, mm-hmm. which are three girl groups. And I was yes. like, ah, oh, that's that's good. I yep. love that. Yep, that's really smart. I mean, this is it's a smart movie. It's a smart musical. Uh, it's one of those uh, stage musicals that is improved in the film version. Thank uh, you. That is it. It really works a lot better uh, in the film. And I mean, there's a it, lot of movie magic involved. Uh, the fact that. Uh, when when Rick Moranis has to sing a duet with Audrey too, he had to do everything in slow-mo. Yep. Because the size difference and they have to, you know, match it up with uh, frame rates and everything. He had to do everything slow. And uh, that is a great performance. Uh, there is not a single 
Until the climax, there is not a single split screen or mat in this movie. It's really well done. Uh, Everything is happening in front of the camera, sometimes just at different speeds. It's my favorite Rick Moranis uh, performance. I mean, yeah, easily. This is the movie that I think of. I mean, when I was younger, uh, Seymour was my dream role. I mean, yeah, I was a nerd. He's a nerd. I can sing the part. It, it's it's good. It, he's that, great in it. I mean, he's great. Uh, but let's let's talk Ellen Green, oh, uh, God. The, the actress who Hollywood did dirty uh, because she should have been huge. Honestly, uh, yeah. it, this is the role. She originated this on the stage uh, and they brought her in for the film. And she should have gone on to so many great roles and for whatever reason, just never did. And it sucks because she is astounding in this. I, I absolutely love her. I mean, what do you think of her? I, I mean, obviously you think she's good. Yeah, I hope. God, I mean, yeah, it's, a, I, it's the performance of a light. Like, she is the, like... Rick Moranis is a great singer, but, like, her vocals in this, good God. And the the way she transitions into those vocals from her, like, character voice is amazing. I love her. The way she says, bizarre, (laughs) is so good. I I love her in this. I love Vincent Gardenia as Mr. Mushnick. He's good. He's great. I mean, what... God damn, what a what a banger two years he had between this and Moonstruck. I, I my goodness, uh, he is so great in this. I love him. Matt, uh, do you know who I think gets the stealth best performance in the movie? Go on, Christopher Guest. As yes, <laughs> the the exact cadence he needed to that say weird plant. what a strange and interesting plant you have here like he nails that <laughs> knocks it out of the park i mean the cameos I, I like, in this movie he has small, two lines and they're perfect <laughs> excuse me i couldn't help noticing that strange and interesting plant what is it it's an orchard <laughs> i've never seen anything like it before no one has where did you get it? Small bit parts in this. I mean, you have Christopher Guest, who we just mentioned. Uh, you have John Candy, who, uh, you know, he's the radio. He's a oh, weird God. Will Wigginson. Uh, he's great. Uh, Jim Belushi's awesome. Uh, oh, you watch that version. I watch both versions. <laughs> see, the, see, no, the version with Belushi, that's the one I grew up with. Yeah, same. I did not see the director's cut until Blu-ray. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, that's true of most ago. people. But um, yes, we'll get into the ending in a minute. Yeah. But uh, I love Bill Murray in this. He as as the uh, the masochist as he Jack is, Nicholson <laughs> as Jack Nicholson. He is fucking wonderful in this movie. Uh, Steve Martin, amazing. Uh, See, with, when I was a kid, also, that was my dream role. Was uh, the dentist? <laughs> you want to have a good time? I used to do this at car- that his song at karaoke, and I would get the the crowd would go fucking wild. Jacob. <laughs> uh, also, best character name ever? Oren Scrivello. Scrivello? Uh, come on. He's the, the, the dentist who loves to cause pain. And uh, obviously, uh, Levi Stubbs as, oh my uh, God. as Audrey too. Uh, Freaking amazing. Uh, I love everyone in this movie. I love everything about this movie. Uh, and for years, uh, much like everyone else, I watched the happy ending, which is not nearly as good or cool 
as the everyone dies ending uh, that uses the song from the, the stage show, Don't Feed the Plants. It, it is, is so wild that they spent so much money. Like, a third of this movie's budget went to the last yes. eight minutes, and then they cut it entirely. Where Awful plants idea. take over the world, and Don't there's battle the plants, scenes in New York, and there's yes. tanks and it helicopters. A, it turns into a... The movie goes from 50s monster movie homage to full-blown 50s atomic age monster movie, and it is one of the coolest finales to a film I have ever seen. Frank Oz does, I think, throughout the entire film and in the ending especially, a masterful job somehow making this both feel stage-like but also mm-hmm. shockingly cinematic. Like one of the, uh, that, the, that whole street set is one of the great movie sets. There's a beautiful street set, but the camera work is so dynamic mm-hmm. in it, so you feel yeah. both stage-bound and opened up. Frank, I, I mean... Just the thought that Frank Oz was the man to direct this is, I think, the the choice of a genius. Like, yes. you pick a man who knows puppetry, a man yes. who knows artifice. Like, this this looks like Sesame Street on steroids. It's great. It's uh, so uh, great. God damn it. This is one of my favorite films of all time. Same. I mean, I always said that about Rocky Horror, but this is a little higher. Yeah, same. Yeah, this, this is also... It's great. Oh, my God. All the songs. Was, they're... Oh, perfect. Somewhere that's green. It's beautiful. Suddenly see. Oh, oh, God. It makes me cry God. so much. Somewhere Which that's one? green. Somewhere oh, that's green. Oh, my God. It is it, wonderful. You know what's kind of sad, though? Like, that song is very, like, supposed to be, like, satiric. Because, you know, it's written in the 80s. And it's like, look at how low, like, the things she wants for a nice life are. And now we're in, like, a world where it's like, yeah, I would love a little tract house with, yeah, like, I would. a Wouldn't bed nice? and a yard. Yeah. Like, great song. Uh, the dentist song is great. Um, Jesus, the whole intro to this movie, uh, downtown, uh, where the food is slop. Uh, I mean, yeah. come on. It's, it's so great. But Matt, so this movie, like, Rocky Horror is the first movie I remember having seen. This is the first movie that ever scared me. Ooh. I saw this as a little kid, and for whatever reason, the plant terrified me it's scary and there was a hamper at the end of my hallway that (laughs) the opening looks like the lips of the plant and i as a kid i would sprint by it because i was so scared it was gonna open (laughs) up and eat me Uh, it's like the the furnace in home alone yeah (laughs) scared the crap out of you um just you know just in case people don't know this is a remake of a um roger corman film film, uh gave nick jack nicholson his start yep well, yeah, and I think the popularity of this has actually hurt Roger Corman's reputation as a director a little bit, because Little Shop was famously shot on two days on leftover <laughs> sets from Bucket of Blood. Yeah. So he made a real movie, and then was like, fuck it, we got two days, and then made just yeah. like a goof up But I feel yeah. like more people have seen Little Shop and are like, okay, Roger Corman, he made these like low-budget crappy movies, but like, no, nah, that was him like trying that, to go real fast that was him goofing i uh, i actually you haven't like seen it. have you seen bucket of blood no i have not so it stars dick miller which already is of great of course it does because it's, it's a Roger corman movie it's a very similar premise it is a guy falls in line with a bunch of beatniks and he wants to be cool and he's hanging out with him and he accidentally kills it starts off with him accidentally killing his cat and dumping it in plaster 
but then it <laughs> turns into a sculpture and all the beatniks think it's cool. So then he starts killing people and dumping them in plaster. It's and, art, man. Yeah, and it's so funny and so good. And We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas, man. <laughs> it's very scathing towards the beatniks. But um, <laughs> highly recommend Bucket of Blood. It's essentially the original Little Shop of Horrors, but with a lot more sheen to it. And less songs. Yeah. Um, well, so the original has no songs. No, it doesn't, no. But then it went to Off-Broadway. Um, did you know, I didn't realize this, when it went to Off-Broadway, the uh, masochistic dental patient, played by Jack Nicholson, is not there. They re-added him back into the movie. As well they should. Yeah. It's a great character. Um, the, I love this movie. It's it's uh, Frank Oz's best, yeah. honestly. Yeah. I mean, this... I, I do adore a few of his movies. Like, obviously this one. I love The Dark Crystal. I love Muppet Takes Manhattan, Muppets Take Manhattan. But it's Little Shop of Horrors for me. That's his best. I This movie does have one flaw. And oh? it's the thing that... It's that it ends. Well, <laughs> Frank Oz has said before, he's like, uh, we had to change the ending. He's like, I think people just weren't... You know, able because it got the original ending had bad test scores because everyone dies. And Frank Oz blames it for the difference of seeing people on a movie screen versus seeing people on a theater stage. I don't think that's fully it. Mm -hmm. They made one deletion. There's a deleted scene where the meek shall inherit. There's a longer version of that song that's on the soundtrack album. And the back half of that song has Seymour singing about okay, I can't do this, I have to get rid of this plant. And then he stops and goes, but Audrey will stop loving me if I get rid of this plant. (sighs) So I guess I will sign these contracts. My future's starting, I've got to let it Stick with that plant, and gee, my bank account will thrive What am I saying? No way, forget it It's much too dangerous to keep that plant alive Take these offers, that means more killing. Who knew success would come with messy, nasty strings? I signed these contracts, that means I'm willing to keep on doing bloody, awful, evil things. No, no, there's only so far you can bend. No, no, this nightmare must come to an end. Tawdry and impoverished as before She might not like me She might not want me Without my plant She might not love me Anymore They say the meat shall inherit doesn't lie. It's not a question of merit. It's not a man that's a blood. 
that moment is needed is, for yeah. the original ending to work because Seymour isn't really that culpable in any of the deaths prior to that. Yeah, he's a man after that, who's caught up in a thing, and yeah. you need a moment in the movie where he decides to do the selfish choice thinking that that's what ellen green wants even though that's not what she is interested in him for and that's no, she the, just loves him that's the central tragedy and yeah by cutting that chunk of the song and it's like 30 seconds i don't know why they thought they did it yeah I know. but like it guts the ending i think yeah. from its full impact and i yeah. that, to me that's the one flaw yeah but, other but otherwise that- five star film <laughs> No, five stars. No notes. Uh, other than that one note. Uh, <laughs> this movie rules. I love it. I, it's, it's a movie that I watched constantly growing up because yep. this was on HBO all the time when I was a kid. Uh, I love it. Little Shop of Horrors. It's one of the best film musicals ever made. Highly agree. And like you said, it's one of the few stage musicals that Gain something gets, by going it, to movies, and it gets it's better. The effects of the plant, like that's something yeah. you can't do as well on stage, and like no, you can't. You really can't. This oh god, I love this movie. It's a great movie. Um, mean Green Mother from Outer Space. He's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Up for best original song, by the way. Yeah, that year. Uh, and normally, when musicals add a song for the movie just to get it best sucks. original song, it sucks. That song fucking rules so hard they put it oh back God, into the musical. <laughs> they did. I know. I have it. Uh, I think it's on uh, the early two thousands. They did a uh, a Broadway production of this, and they had that song in it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's a good song, and and don't take out good stuff, guys. Folks, if you love this movie, and if you love Rick Moranis' singing in this movie, I have to recommend Rick Moranis' country album. Uh, oh, it's great! It I I suspect I am the person who has listened to it the most on Spotify. I think there's someone at Spotify headquarters who's, like, panicked agoraphobic about cowboy. how many times I've listened to the Agoraphobic Cowboy. Yep. Um, the the opening song is Nine More Gallons and I'll Have Me a Hat, which is just a great line. <laughs> it's so funny. I work all day to pay the rent before the money's earned. Well, it's all been allocated. I got nothing on my plate. But I wish that I were fat Nine more gallons And I'll have me a hat Working nights I'm always tired I hope my boss Doesn't get me laid off It's hard to pull an empty load Even if you're stuck Seventeen more wheels And I'll have me a truck Times a lady, three more hundred blows, four more easy pieces, five more days on the road, seven more days a week now, eight more lives a cat, nine more gallons, and I'll have me a hat. But it's it's funny, it's good. Uh, just go listen to his country album, so I'm not the only person streaming it. Yeah, please uh, listen to that. Listen to Steve Martin's albums because 
that guy's pretty good at banjo, and uh, he puts out some good stuff, folks. That is true. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that takes us to the end. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. What a fun episode! This is a great episode. A lot of great movies. A lot of good things to to find and watch. A lot of good songs. Uh, for the most part, uh, I had fun, Jacob. This was great. Yeah, me too. Great idea. This was your idea, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, it was. Yes. Okay, good. So, Matt, what are we doing um, for our next episode? We're going to swallow your soul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're doing the Evil Dead franchise. We're and- finally... We're finally doing Evil Dead. I was talking to my fr- uh, my buddy Marcus last night. I was like, I can't believe we're doing an Evil Dead episode. I am so happy and excited. Uh, I, I can't wait. Um, I'm seeing Evil Dead Rise tomorrow night. Same. Uh, it looks pretty awesome. And uh, spoilers for the episode ahead. I don't think there are any bad Evil Dead movies. <laughs> I um I still haven't seen the remake. I'm about to watch it for the show. But, oh uh, boy, I'll I'll check back in with uh my opinion on unrated cut. I hope. I, yeah, sure. Fuck it. But what a yeah, just go fucking nut. I don't man. have any children around me. <laughs> Fuck it. Exactly. Yeah, go unrated cut, man. You're gonna. Oh boy, it's a. I'll say this on the episode, but it's a delightful blood carnival. <laughs> I, I read an interview with Lee Cronin God. about the new one today where he said he used 1,700 gallons of blood. <laughs> yes. It's, yes. I'm like, all right. Uh, like, I, I think, what is the quote? It was like, either someone said this on Twitter, but or, or maybe he said it, but uh, you know how in some movies the city is the character? Well, in this movie, the blood is a character. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to hear. I, I want, I am still waiting for Dead Alive to be passed. Yep, uh, well, they used a lot of blood in the Evil Dead remake, so uh, you'll have fun with that. <laughs> but, all right, folks. But, yeah, good times. Yeah. Can't wait to, t- can't wait to talk about uh, the Deadites for, for a solid hour. That's going to be a hoot and a holler, folks. Uh, as usual, where can the good people of the internet find you on the internet, Jacob? Uh, people can find me online at Jacob underscore Denoble on Twitter and Letterboxd and at denoble.com.com. That's dot com spelled out and then dot com so, the so normal good. way. Um, I so am good. starting a very slow, um, series where I am reviewing every single EC horror comic. So all the tales Ooh. from the crypts and vaults of horror and crime suspense stories. Um, cool. The first one's up there already and, I'm just chugging along with that whenever I get a chance to read them. I have them all nice. cataloged. Matt, how about you? Uh, as for me, you can find me everywhere at the real Matt C. Uh, Twitter, Letterboxd, uh, Instagram, if you want to look at my stupid memes. Uh, you know, hey, anywhere. The real Matt C. Fantastic. And uh, folks, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you have stayed spooky and continue to stay spooky for the foreseeable future. And I hope you had a good time listening to me sing in the intro and the outro. Stay spooky, gents <laughs> and ladies. I know Seymour's the greatest, but I'm dating a semi-sadist. So I got a black eye and my arms in a cast. Let's see more the cutie. Well, if 
Somewhere. 